Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And today you're joining us for our recap and discussion of Cibola Burn, book four in The Expanse by James S.A. Corey. All right, I'm going to start off right now and say this was my least favorite of all of them so far. I, I did really enjoy it. Uh, even an Expanse book, I'm, I'm starting to find uh, even one that I don't like as much as the other ones is still a great sci-fi book. This was an odd duck of a book so far. I don't know. What'd you think? This was an odd duck. Like it just, man, it took a while to get flapping. All the other little ducklings were like <laughs> just cruising around the sky. And this one was just like quacking away. It was a nice little like nugget for predators. And it was just, I don't know. It didn't go anywhere. I feel like when we look back at the end of this story and think about the overarching themes and story and growth parts, this will be completely able to be cut out. I don't know if, I don't know if it should be cut out. Maybe it's like, uh, like an opening to what the rest of the series is really about. Okay. Uh, like with all these new worlds and everything, but it's it just, it felt so zoomed in to like this particular conflict between these particular, it's like at the end of Abaddon's gate, even in the beginning of this book, it's like, we've got Bobby that she's just like a thousand worlds. And it's like, wow, this is going to be wild. And then it's like, right. well, nope, just one world, one <laughs> little, just one, <laughs> like this little tiny little sliver of one world. And then there's even, some parts of it that are like oh these new animals and this new flora and fauna and this is a this is a brand new planet it's like cool let's dig into that that sounds awesome that sounds great and then it doesn't for like 200 pages and it's like ah the really cool thing about this is not even being fleshed out that much it's just more of like Elvie has a crush on holden for some weird reason and <laughs> havelock is training engineers how to like play paintball on the ship and stuff and it's just like wait what is going on right now this is really boring but then obviously the end of this book is really cool i think we can kind of just trust that the climaxes of these expanse books like we can rely on them to be really neat also ah i feel like the the proto molecule stuff i still don't really know what any of this is i mean we've read like two thousand pages we're four this. books in yeah and i all... <laughs> don't know what this tale is about i mean obviously you know like expansion and it's conflict and the things yeah. that bring us together and um which you know don't bode well for humanity but like yeah i totally feel what you're saying like one world it reminded me a lot of the aladdin line it was like phenomenal cosmic power anybody <laughs> living space and it was just like that was kind of how i felt like we have all this stuff there's like ruins on the planet and they're like he discovers way at the end is like an afterthought that there's like a tram system underground and like i, I don't know we'll talk a little bit more about the colonization process because i have some opinions on that but yeah. yeah it did seem too zoomed in especially after we had this last book that was so zoomed in in a good way and then at the end it kind of zoomed in to coalesce to explode out to tons and i wish we would have gotten some more of that as opposed to what we got which was just like bickering on a planet, and we didn't even see like planet dinosaurs what what I mean, we saw some cool like alien technology and like alien life forms kind of like that were broken down and like that was kind of like creepy almost. Yeah. In a sense. And um, I thought that some of the like imagery of like kind of what the area that they're they're settling looked like and how strange everything was and like the moon melting up in orbit and stuff. And I mean, obviously, there's some really awesome parts to this book. But oh, yeah, for it, sure. just, it just felt like I kind of like ended it having even more questions and not really getting a good sense of what everyone's supposed to do now. I think the epilogue did, did a lot. Did a like the end of it? Of, yeah, the very end with uh, Avasarala like and Bobby. Part. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I read that and I was like, <laughs> oh, that was 
okay yeah all of that for her plan to fail (laughs) but yeah um definitely not my favorite of these books so far but still some really awesome parts let's dig into those uh, after the recap let's do it Cibola Byrne begins with Bessia Merton, who previously lived on Ganymede until his son, Katoa, was used in the protomolecule experiment. He and his remaining family are some of the first colonists on Illus, christened New Terra by the United Nations. Bassia builds some makeshift IEDs and destroys the landing pad built so the massive Royal Charter Energy, RCE, colony ship, the Edward Israel, will not be able to land and begin their mining operation. However, a shuttle from the ship arrives much sooner than expected and is downed in the explosion. Elvi Akoye, an exozoologist in RCE's employ, is injured in the shuttle crash, but she survives. Many of her crewmates, including the governor, are killed. Fayez Sarkis, a geohydraulics expert, survives and pairs up with Elvi. Dimitri Havlock, Miller's old partner, works on the security force aboard the Edward Israel in orbit around Illus. The Rossinanti has been taking jobs escorting ships through the Soul Ring to Medina Station, formerly the Nauvoo and the Behemoth. After they dock, Fred Johnson, leader of the OPA, tells Holden that he received a video from Christian Avasolera. She wants him to mediate the situation on Nutera since he's mostly impartial to the UN and the OPA. The Rossi heads through the ring, but it will still take 73 days to get to Nutera. In the meantime, Holden gets continual demands from both sides, demanding that he force the other to concede. The captain of the Barba Piccola insists that they be able to sell their ore, while the captain of the Edward Israel continues their blockade, insisting the independents are selling the lithium illegally. Throughout all of this, Miller continues to appear. Holden asks Miller how he manages to follow him around, and Miller tells him the protomolecule put a local node on his ship during the Ganymede incident, when the monster was in the cargo bay. Bajia's daughter, Felsia, wants to leave Illus to attend university. She befriends Elvi and asks her to write a letter of recommendation. After a sandstorm, Elvi sees a light in the ruins and investigates. She discovers explosives and reports her findings to the RCE security force. After more RCE members are killed near ancient alien ruins bordering the settlement, Chief Adolphus Murtry, head of RCE security on the Edward Israel, takes a light shuttle down to stop the insurgents, leaving Havelock in charge of the security on the ship. Holden and Amos land on the planet to find the two opposing sides facing off in a shouting match. Both factions ask Holden to take their side, but he wants to be impartial. One of the settlers threatens Murtry who in turn shoots the man in the eye. He declares martial law on the town. Holden tells Murtry he fully intends to prosecute him for murder later. Amos tells Holden he knows Murtry gets off on killing, and that he'll probably have to shoot him before long. Elvie meets with Holden and is a bit smitten by him. She tells him that while humans have evolved for longer than the life on this planet, eventually something here will learn to exploit them, unless they can build antibodies to defend themselves. It's already a problem, in fact, because a biosphere was not built when they landed. Holden tells her they'll get to that as soon as the other crisis is resolved. Holden holds the first joint meeting between Murtry and Chuewe, the de facto leader of the settlers, in an effort to establish the laws on Illus. 
they come to a compromise where the OPA can send ore up to the Barbic Picola, but they have to sign out the mining explosives from the RCE. While out walking, Miller appears to Holden and explains that the previous inhabitants of Illus were powerful enough that they remodeled the whole planet and had an orbital defense system that could have vaporized Cirrus, but they were still extinguished by the protomolecule's parent race's killers. Naomi calls and warns him that there are massive energy spikes coming from his location. Havelock reports to Murtry that he's converted their light shuttle into a makeshift fusion bomb, flyable only by him or Murtry. Murtry also wants Havelock to train the engineers to form a militia. The Rossi picks up something large moving on the surface during the energy spikes. Holden, Elvi, Fayez, and Wei hop in a cart and check it out. They find a large insect-like being that Holden recognizes as one of the security drones from the ring station. It is consuming the grasses and fungus on the ground to repair itself. Holden says they need to retreat as soon as possible, but Wei opens fire on it and kills it. They burn it to make sure it doesn't resurrect. Baja is told about the plan to take out the RCE team and Holden both, but decides not to participate. He says a tearful goodbye to his daughter, Felsia, and warns Holden about what's going to happen. Holden isn't surprised, but says it's irrelevant because they're all leaving the planet anyway, due to the waking alien technology. Holden tells Murtry and Chuewe that they all need to leave, but neither agrees. Murtry knows about the uprising because he's bugged the entire town, and he already has his people in position. His team kills everyone inside a nearby house that Murtry dubbed a terrorist cell. Murtry orders Baja to be taken as prisoner for conspiring with the terrorists, but Holden declares custody of him on behalf of the UN, saying he will be kept as a prisoner on the Rossi. On the Rossi, Naomi gives Baja free reign of the ship. She doesn't see him as a prisoner since he saved the captain's life. She and Alex have noticed that the RCE has turned its second shuttle into a bomb, so Naomi evas to the shuttle to disable it. While doing EVA training exercises, someone on Havelock's squad notices Naomi welding on the shuttle. They capture Naomi and throw her in the Israel's brig. Miller admits to Holden that the protomolecule has been activating the alien robots on the surface, but also that there's an empty spot in the global network and he needs Holden to check it out. It may be a remnant of whatever killed the investigator's creators. Holden says he'll look into it as soon as they free Naomi. While in the field, Elvie analyzes a butterfly-like animal. It turns out that it's not an animal at all, but another sort of alien machine. She then studies a local boy whose eye has turned green. She thinks it's possibly the organisms that live in the clouds, feeding off of the moisture. On the opposite side of the planet, an enormous eruption occurs, creating tidal waves hundreds of feet high. Alex calls Holden and warns him that he's got about six hours before the shockwaves hit, which is too soon to bring the Rossi down for evacuation, or for them to take the RCE shuttle off the planet. They decide the best course of action is to get everyone into the alien ruins. The storm front hits for 16 hours, eviscerating first landing. Slugs begin emerging from the ground. Someone touches one and immediately dies. Everyone chips in to block all the access points of the ruins from the invasion of the toxic slugs, hanging sheets of plastic on the windows and digging trenches. 
Holden tells Mertry they need to get everyone off the planet. Mertry agrees, but he plans on coming back later. Havelock tries to send supplies down on one of the light shuttles, but the planetary defense system shoots the shuttle down, seemingly from one of the moons. There also appears to be a field that stops nuclear fusion from occurring, so all the ship's reactors go offline, forcing them to run on battery power only. Without their drives, the ship's orbits all begin to decay. Miller tells Holden he needs to use the material transfer network to get to the blind spot he's seeking out. He suggests that airdrops of supplies are innocuous enough that the defense grid won't take them out, so Havelock begins successfully dropping supplies that way. To make matters worse on Illus, the organism that lived in the clouds infect everyone via the rain, and everyone except Holden starts going blind. Elvie eventually realizes that Holden's anti-cancer meds are what's stopping the parasites from blinding him. Since Havelock still refuses to release Naomi, Baja evas to the Edward Israel and begins cutting through the hole. Mertry orders Havelock to get his assault team together to stop the invaders. Havelock doesn't want things to escalate any more than they already have, and since Naomi is possibly the best engineer to solve the fusion situation, he breaks her out of the brig. He takes out a few of his own team along the way with tasers and non-lethal rounds, and eventually they find Baja. They manage to get out an airlock and make it to the Rossi intact. Baja attaches tethers to the Barbapicola so the Rossi can tow her to a more stable orbit. They just manage to rise out of the danger when the Israel launches their shuttle-turned-torpedo at the Rossi. Alex fires the PDCs and shreds the shuttle, but the shrapnel penetrates the Rossinanti's hull, cutting multiple small holes through it and injuring Havelock's arm. Naomi and Baz patch up all the holes, but the maneuvering thrusters on one side are all shot. Alex informs them that they are going to lose the barb and there's nothing they can do about it. They plan to evacuate some of the crew of the barb to the Rossi, but ultimately decide to try using the railgun as a thruster. All goes according to plan, and they again briefly stop the barb's orbit from decaying. However, the Israel launches their security team's EVAs toward the Rossi. On Illus, Mertry and Wei take off in the one working cart after Holden, who is left with Miller to investigate the blank spot in the alien network. Miller takes control of one of the giant alien maintenance mechanisms, which Holden climbs onto and rides to their destination. They reach the processing station and Miller explains that the whole planet contains materials rare in the galaxy. It is basically an interstellar gas station. Elvi and Amos eventually come to the enormous alien structure. They find Mertry's cart abandoned, the engine burned up. Inside the structure, Wei tells them that they're not authorized to go any farther. Amos shoots and kills her. Mertry shoots Amos in the back multiple times, but it doesn't penetrate his armor, though he does blow off some of his fingers. Amos shoots Mertry in the chest, but his armor saves him. Fayez tells Mertry this is his fault that Amos was trying to save everyone and punches Mertry on the nose. Elvie runs to find Holden as Mertry shoots Fayez. After incapacitating some of the engineers previously on his team, Havelock joins Bajia in saving the passengers on the Barba Piccola. They are sent to the Israel just as the barb burns up in the atmosphere. As the alien facilities kick into life, Elvie catches Holden and warns him that Mertry is coming. 
Holden rushes to meet him after introducing Elvie to Miller, who leads her off to help him inspect the dead space in the system. Holden listens to Murtry's monologue for a moment, but shoots him, explaining that he will be taken home to face a trial for his actions on Illus. By taking Miller's now-connected core through the dark spot, Elvie manages to bring the planet's defense systems down, and the Rossi is able to land and drop off supplies. As the crew settles in for their journey home, Holden rips apart the cargo hold and finds the hidden piece of protomolecule which he promptly disposes of. Murtry is locked in the medical bay and will be tried in the UN on Luna. In the epilogue, Avasalera meets with Bobby Draper on Mars. Avasalera reveals her frustration with Holden's inability to make a mess of things on Illus. She intended New Terra to be a cautionary tale, revealing the dangers of colonizing planets now reachable through the protomolecule rings. Mars will be lost as most of its inhabitants will seek out more hospitable planets. When everyone leaves, the only thing Mars will have is 15,000 warheads to sell. The book ends with an ominous tone as Avasalera mysteriously employs Bobby once more. Let's uh, let's let's talk about some of these specific things. Um, okay. I mean, for first of all, uh, I liked Bazia uh, quite a bit. Um, Bajia. Except uh, Bazia, uh, <laughs> he started to get a little bit like boring. I feel like a little bit re repetitive. What do you think about that? Yeah, he did get a little. His story arc was rescued when he got brought up to the Rossi because then he was just like a different perspective of the exciting happenings up on the Rossi, which was nice. But yeah, yeah. and. He wasn't very interesting when he was down on the planet. I mean, it's like kind of interesting, just the the idea that he wanted revenge, and I guess, but also, I mean, it's just like it's kind of a hard sell, though, because it's just like, it, in my mind, I was like, dude, how, like, if you're, how could this ever work out in your favor? You know, like blowing up the landing pad. Like, I mean, then, like, of course, there's a shuttle by. Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, obviously, um, he's grieving, right? His whole family right. is. It's a, it's a, it's a extremely messed up situation that his kid was used in like, these experiments and things like that but it's like there is no benefit at all to you guys doing this in my opinion like like this powerful corporation isn't just going to be like oh wow they they blew up the landing pad i guess we just gotta let them do I their guess own we're just thing leave them alone you know? forever yeah um so i just like, thought no I don't know. that was kind of lame but i did like bazia and his family um i thought that the whole arc of his daughter wanting to be a scientist and like, okay. Again, yeah, I, I didn't guess, even sure. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but, okay, I mean, cool. It makes sense. Cause like he sends her up to the barbacola, Barba Picola, and then she's on there, you know? So that's right. a really tense situation. I love how like they rescue everybody off the Barba Picola just as it's like descending and burning <sighs> up into the atmosphere. That was such an awesome visual. That so, was like, an awesome visual. It's funny because like a lot of the things that are in this book, a lot of the things that happen seem like they don't really have very much consequence and then they do, but then it's like, all right. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I get it, but ah, like whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, say what you will. Uh, about the book in general, the visuals of all of these books are just spectacular. That never lets you down in any of these books with the e evenly spaced moons that melt, the like hundred foot mon um, waves coming through. Yeah. It was radical. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, th I think him, his whole daughter being gone arc was a cool way to kind of bring up the question about how he keeps being like my daughter, my daughter. And then he realizes like everybody has skin in the game here. And it's like, sometimes you kind of need to 
realize the bigger picture. So she's like, well, I can go pick up your daughter, but there's also like a hundred people over there. Like why your daughter? And he kind of like starts thinking about that and thinking like, okay, why my daughter, you know, as opposed to these other lives, like who am I to pick the lives? And that was kind of a fun little like thought question that they brought up and they allowed that thing to happen. And, and but you know, <laughs> I didn't care about the her go to college thing. And like, I don't know who cares. <laughs> what, uh, what did you think about, you know, the situation itself, you know, I mean, you've got like, um, this settlement that's come in, they've said, okay, so we're going to pick this out. This is ours. You know, I mean, obviously colonization is a big theme in this book. It's, it's totally. very obvious. Um, and so, you know, these people from Ganymede go to this planet and basically set up shop and say, okay, this is ours. Um, what do you think about this whole situation? Cause obviously, um, yeah, like they're the first ones there, you know? Right. Like I'm kind of on their side. It's like, well, why not? But then obviously even, um, LV who is not, she, I mean, she's not really like, um, like a corporatist. Like she doesn't really feel, I feel, I feel like, like politically one way or the other, she's just kind of no. like, it's fine. You guys are here, but you didn't even do any of this right. You know, like we should have set up a whole biosphere and had like a clean room and stuff. And this this all should have been done by the book. And you guys are out here just mining lithium immediately. You know, so okay. I, I kind of see I can definitely see both sides of it. What do you think? OK, well, as far as a lot to unpack there, but yeah. as far as who has rights on the planet, like get out of here, Mr. UN, like they did it without our permission. Like right, who yeah, are you yeah, totally. to be telling some <laughs> random person, like nobody owns this planet. You don't own this planet. Yeah, You're just yeah. coming trying to just swing it around. Like just literally nobody everybody. on it. And there's yeah, so what? many there, more. Yeah, I feel there's like so possession being nine tenths of the law is like yeah. key here, you know? That being said, the colonist plan, however, is idiotic like very romantic <laughs> and like an idealist wet dream but like ridiculously stupid to take you and your families there with like very few backup options or knowledge or scouting or any info whatsoever like after your whole situation is destroyed in the last planet the one thing tying those two events together is like the thing that allows you to access this new planet but yeah let's go live there with zero scouting and just like when everyone starts going like slug death and then like molecule in the eye that makes them all go blind from just the rain. I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I like, was, even Elvie at one point when she's talking to Holden is, I mean, uh, in, in as many words, she's essentially saying like, yeah, I mean, it's great that we can all, we're all alive like right now, but if there's even one thing that's different about the ecology and like the the flora and fauna of this planet like we've evolved for specifically the planet that we all evolved on this is a whole different biome this is a whole different situation so right the fact that we came here or at least the settlers came here and didn't and didn't have the resources i'm not even saying they didn't have the intention they just didn't have the resources to set up shop in like a safe like careful way of doing things, which is what you absolutely should do if you're entering into a new biome. But then the other, the flip side of that, which I think that um, S.A. Corey handled really well and made it for probably one of the more interesting parts of the book is that the, these are uh, essentially refugees from Ganymede that had already been drifting around in space for so long and had already kind of done all that and didn't really have anywhere mm -hmm. else to go so that's why it's a it's a pretty compelling situation when you really start looking at the details of it i just thought <laughs> it's a it's it's too boring to make into a 600 page book in my opinion like it's yes. and, and this just this is just for me and i know that there are a lot of people that really love cibola burn um i did like the kind of like western 
tone that it took like pioneering yeah, frontier land sort of tone I, yeah, yeah me too. I, I pictured it all as like this kind of like arid desert almost with a bunch of like alien creatures kind of drifting around alien doing tumbleweeds their thing. going the, by the giant like alien skyscraper that's just sitting out there that's two billion years old and none of them really know what that is Which, you know no one was interested enough in that <laughs> I know, I it would have been like the first thing that i checked out and it's like okay yeah all of that is great love it love it but it's like okay you thought this was the new frontier you could make a home at like the only other thing that you have experienced made and or inhabited by the aliens who like used to live here like made the proto molecule and without even like thinking about it or suffering any sort of like like indifferent to the whole thing accidentally slaughtered thousands and every time you encounter something of it more people get hurt because they don't know anything and you're going to go into the darkness not knowing anything nor learning from any of the but, mistakes made by the previous crews but, but like put but put yourself in the shoes huh, 12 of these. moons inner space I, must be a cool thing made no, by them let's just I, cruise I, on out i want to even slow down like <laughs> maybe but like you, you really got to put yourself in the shoes of basically refugees and they were desperate you know i mean yeah then and i think that that's why um bazia is such a cool character is because he's kind of like the representative of that desperation and that feeling of just so he's so downtrodden and he, he just wants something to work out after his kid has died and you know he really grapples with this kind of like uh opa cell that's trying to you know kind of jam their settlement into the right place and like no matter what like we'll just kill as many corporate overlords as we possibly can and like i'm here for it but also <laughs> some of those corporate overlords are actually here to help this along you know and at least right. you could at least look at it that way you could look at it as okay so the rce sent people down here to kind of like make sure that that nothing is totally messed up down here but you don't trust the people... planet and when the rain starts making you go blind we can work up a cure right but then you've got a person like Murtry, who i thought was the most comic book of comic booky villains in this whole series so far i don't care like, how many countless like, thousands yeah. will die it's not by the book <laughs> yeah um i don't know i've seen some reviews of this book where people thought Murtry was like really compelling but i didn't <laughs> think he was at all like it was so just, predictable like whatever is yeah. the most douchey thing to yeah, do like, whatever, whatever the most like the worst petty, possible thing like person who's like playing power hierarchy dynamics and like stupid petty games and trying to manipulate those around and like would do that's what he will do definitely do you think that the rce is there specifically because of all that lithium is that I think so. Yeah. yeah. Like that seemed to, I think that... so. Yeah. It was basically just like, oh, these people that we, that can, these, okay, this is what they're saying. The RC is saying, hey, these people are about to get a bunch of really valuable resources and we have the ability to outgun them. So why aren't we getting those resources? Yeah. They're like, so they oh, sent no. in their the team. way they're doing it is illegal. Right. The but way they that we press. would do it isn't illegal. So they included a bunch of scientists. They're like, yeah. we're going to dome it out. We're going to make sure that nobody trashes the planet. It's really like a humanitarian effort to make sure that we don't litter or whatever. And we study this thing, but really it's like, get that lithium. It's just interesting to me because I can't help but think, okay, if somebody was in charge, like if somebody like Havelock was actually in charge, right, um, who had like a, a single bone of empathy in his body, <laughs> like this Murtry guy is is like the reason, is one of the main reasons, in my opinion, why everything down there is so messed up is because it's just, he's like a brick wall, you know? And this situation, I feel like could have been resolved fairly peacefully, which is why like Holden, even in that scene where he gets Chiwewe and 
Mertry together is just kind of like, okay, so uh, you guys can have all the explosives and you will like sign them out to the settlers and the settlers are then going to be able to bring their lithium up and let's work this out, you know, like, let's try to get to an amicable it place to work. Like there are already people. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know, uh, the, the OPA cell is kind of like instigating a lot of this stuff, but then like they wouldn't have had to instigate anything if this corporate like juggernaut hadn't come in and told them that everything they were doing was illegal but it's like was it really illegal though this is like a whole different planet in a whole different solar system with there's no real jurisdiction out here so I, i'm definitely kind of like more on the side of the settlers but absolutely I, but i also do think like blowing up the landing pad was more of an act of desperation rather than like a practical like move you know it was it was a bad idea to do that it was the only thing that would have done was escalated you know yeah like, and uh, like it doesn't even prevent shuttles from t landing it's like a flat desert like they land all the time for the rest of the book like the rossi's landing other shuttles are landing <laughs> like it doesn't the landing pad was like a i don't know like i guess a, an approved spot but then they just do it outside the town and say like sorry if we got a little dust everywhere and then it's all good Yeah, that was kind of a weird plot hole wasn't it yeah <laughs> like what is the landing pad even for why did you guys even waste resources building the landing pad when the whole place is one big flat hard pane of ground but whatever uh okay so i, I get where mercury's coming from i really do but i still go back to the colonists being like nine tenths of the law you guys were here first they get it however i think what mercury what he was like wrongly justified and i could see it happening to even a reasonable person was okay so we bugged the whole town right well like everybody's probably saying super violent things and probably i don't know it's good to keep in mind that people's talk is different than their actions how many times you're like i hate that person like i just want to punch them in the throat like how many times you actually punch that person in the throat so it's like we can't just like hear that and then be like okay let's go but they did blow up a landing pad so i could see him being and then they killed a bunch assault. of the people in the um in the alien ruins as well but I mean, like, what is this company even doing there? You know, right. I think that I mean, really, like, like this is, and this is where I land on all of it. And it's just like, there's no jurisdiction out here. This is the wild west of planets. We have to let people. If people get there, then they get there. That's their planet now. You know, at mm -hmm. least that's how I feel like that's the way to play it. But obviously, you know, you see all that lithium, and um, 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 we gotta go tell them that what they're doing is illegal and that they have to listen to us now just like because we have more it's a it's a might is right kind of situation and totally uh, yeah. do you have any if you were master liege lord of this whole solar system and could make law do you have any sort of wisdom that you would um put in place as for this situation were it to occur in your lands and how you would handle that here's 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 what i was thinking while i was reading this there are 1373 or something rings that open up into different solar systems right oh, that's so many that's it's so many like if this was the only one they had found and they had only found one other habitable planet then it would make a lot of sense to kind of get the un and mars and the opa at the same table so they could all talk about it and say okay this is the only one we've found it's it's close we can get there in two years you know right we can totally go colonize this planet let's try to do it right but when you've got 1300 of them and everybody's got spaceships you kind of got to be like all right i guess whoever gets to there first i mean we can't hope to regulate this in any meaningful way right i mean but you also don't get the whole planet 
you know, like there's another side to it. You can't just get, you don't get to claim the whole thing for yourself, but you can, you know, we'd set up some sort of, um, why not? Like if a corporation did it, they'd be allowed to do it. Like if, 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 if the RCA or if the RCE, I keep saying RCA, I think if the RCE went to that planet first, it would have been planet RCE. You know what I mean? Like, it, but totally. so like or just why, go to a different area of it. Yeah. Like, I know that is kind of a funny thing too. It's like, why are they fighting over like this specific region? Right, it's you know, like the Galactic's uh, gas station, but only one spot is harvestable. Didn't even know lithium. about that, but the RCE didn't even know about the gas station thing totally. until after they got there. So it is just interesting that like this group of like a couple hundred settlers finds this arid piece of land and starts mining lithium, and then the RCE is like, okay, we know there's an entire planet here, and there are thirteen hundred other like areas we could go to, but we're gonna focus in on where you people are because you already found the lithium. That one so, spot. Yeah, I just don't like the RCE. And I really don't like and then one of the other reasons that I don't really like Mercury is because he's so like he, he's kind of like what you said, it's like predictable almost. It's like he's so gung ho RCE all day, every day, forever. I will do whatever it takes to make sure that this like corporate entity just like gets what it deserves and I do right Who by cares them. About their it, job that much. There's <laughs> a lot to talk about here, obviously, because um, we've never really been in a situation like this in modern times where you have an entire planet that is where basically we dispersing in people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, you're still just going to zone right in on these people who are just trying to live their lives. You know, they're just trying to sell lithium so they can feed their kids. The first time we as humans get given the opportunity to get area without killing another group of us, yeah. we end up. Killing, killing another, another group, group of, of us, us. <laughs> yeah and there's, there's okay, like a so certain while... kind of like hopelessness in that and i think that uh james Corey, like you know it's very it sucks to read about because it's 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 a lot like how you know uh, we were talking about in the first couple of books and the first couple episodes about how we've like expanded all the way out into space and we've achieved all these like marvelous things but still all the infighting still all the factions still all of this stuff all the separate interests that are always mm -hmm. colliding with uh, other separate interests and it, i don't know there's something about this whole through line that just feels like ah man and now we've got this alien threat that is looming over everything and i don't at this point in the series it's like i don't know what's going to need to happen for it to become like a thing that people really take seriously and not just look at as like oh cool it opened up rings into other places where we could go get lithium that's great right. no there's something else about this that people aren't paying attention to yeah i i totally agree and it sucks that you know i feel like a lot of people could take a lot of hope away from this book but we came together and it's like okay yeah but like not until we were being eaten alive by slug monsters and having <laughs> rain kill us and bl or blind us at least which would lead to our deaths in this crazy but so it was like everything but extreme chance of sudden death is the only thing that can fix our you know fractioning um natures you know so i hope we kind of get a little bit more hope moving forward into the next books and and maybe like that know. it doesn't take situations so and like even that right avisalera immediately meets with bobby and she's like darn it i wanted holden to mess that up in fact i planned on it and uh which you know was pretty safe bet for her honestly because yeah, like when definitely. she was like i want you to be the i was like what he's the worst person and then her message was like because obviously he's like the worst person you and i was like okay <laughs> perfect we're on the same page um but yeah that was a little like nefarious like what is she willing to do with bobby what, what did you think that conversation was leading to what do you think her next plan is to save mars because basically she's saying right if 
everyone leaves Mars in pursuit of these places with atmospheres and unlimited resources, they won't have the um, c- civilians, the the population to survive really, and they'll just lose their their power. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, um, I mean, I don't think I doubt it's this boring of an answer, but I feel like um, some sort of like regulatory body. Uh, even comprised of Mars and the UN and the OPA in order to kind of curb this mass exodus from Sol into these other solar systems to try to... Um, but why? I don't know, kind of, see, well, I mean, like, from like a from like a strict uh, economic standpoint, like keeping people on Mars in an already developed um, system would be better for Mars no. than to have a bunch I of I disagree. Leave. Well, wait, what? Like Mars is like, what if, if, uh, if like 4 billion people left earth, all of a sudden our economy right, would like, right, totally... right. earth would go down, but I mean, they're not leaving because <clears throat> they're going to out there to be destitute. The reason why they're leaving is because they see a place where they can, they can outcompete their current place for earning an income and harvesting these, but it's actually easier to get these resources on these other places with atmospheres and we now can access them. So there's much more resource rich environments that are easier to get to, which is actually going to bring in resources cheaper. It's going to make the whole solar system richer in the long run. Who will suffer though? Mars will, they will become less of a ruling body, but like screw them. They don't get to just maintain power because they want to still have power. The people right. get to go where the people want to go and they're going to go to the place that incentivizes them with the most reward and after a while you know that will lead to the um best and cheapest and most abundant flow of resources amongst the solar system and the most power overall but like i think that i I agree with everything you're saying there um but i think that maybe maybe i haven't gotten into nemesis games yet past like the prologue but i think maybe something that uh is trying to kind of prevent is like think about all the conflict that came out of a settlement and one corporation and she predicted that and she knew that that would be you know it turned out okay but it was still a total disaster you know on paper um or at least up until a certain point and i think that maybe what she's what she's thinking is we need to chill this whole process out because it's just going to create like yeah you know, in your in your ideal situation, it's like everyone just gets rich and shares oh, the no, wealth. It'll and it's take like, some that'll time. Never it'll take happen. some time. Like, yeah, exactly. A lot so of failures like, will happen. Like, like maybe Avasarel is looking at, um, which is, you know, as we keep talking about this, it kind of makes sense why Cibola Burn is actually kind of an important book. Um, because it's like a it's kind of boring to read about the gutting it, of the solar system. <laughs> but it's like it's a very it's like a microcosm look at like what this represents like the conflict that this kind of expansion really represents oh man that's breaking my brain up a little bit Ooh. i'm so glad that we got a chance to talk about that because Same. and obviously i could be wrong that like maybe avasarala has like a completely different intention here but it seems like her character really wants to prevent the most death and destruction possible which is very rare i don't think she wants a ton of people to die like that's what no that's what i just think spent, she wants like, most of caliban's war trying to prevent you know yeah but i mean i i think that she I think most of her motivation behind meeting up with Bobby and having this new plan and sending Holden there was to keep power. She's the head of a place that's going to get gutted and is going to lose a lot of its power and her power by in turn will diminish. That was what I uh, thought no, to be her she's, motivation. She's the head of the UN. Um, she's not, she's not really involved in Mars. Like no, Mars it's said affects- multiple times, like the person who controls the Martian government, you don't even know it, you know, but she is, I mean, mostly I feel like in power on earth. And then I guess 
Earth's power is connected to Mars's power in a certain way and stuff like that. But um, maybe she's running Mars behind the scenes. But I didn't. Really I don't know. That was always that. kind of my the hint that I got. But hmm. uh, I could be wrong on that. I don't. It really depends on her motivations. Which one of us is correct? Because if I'm right, then like screw her, let the people go. <laughs> but if if it truly is the best way to save life, and the turbulence that is called because caused because it will be certainly a large amount of turbulence to have the going forth of everyone to all these planets. If that is larger, if that kills more people than um, it saves in the long run, like I don't I don't know. And what her motivations are, I don't really know either. So now I don't know a lot of things, Evan. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know much either, except I think that this book did a really good job at kind of showcasing just how messy this stuff can get, you know? I mean, it's mentioned multiple times that the people, the settlers felt this sort of empowerment because, and like this rebellious empowerment, because it would take years for anybody to even bother with them because of how long it would take them to get there. Um, and, you know, these gates exist, obviously, but it still takes forever to move around like out in 72 space. days. So, I mean, to, to be able to, like, mobilize any sort of resistance to what they're doing once they had dealt with the RCE. So it makes sense why they're so motivated to deal with the RCE, because even if they do, they can just sell off all their lithium, have a good couple of years, have a bunch of money, and who knows what will happen. Then maybe they won't even bother with them or whatever how many of these other systems are that far or farther away so you can't contain like all of this you can't con like it's not it wouldn't be this like closed out like system of nations on one planet which we already have enough trouble with you know totally. it's 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 a whole different ball yeah. game when it takes you because you know uh, a head of state or an army or whatever can move from one country to the other in a matter of hours or days here on earth or even a matter of weeks between earth and mars or whatever especially with these burn rates and the epstein drives and everything like that but when you're talking about years for you to even get to the place where you're trying to solve the problem that really changes up the game like oh yeah this is absolutely this is i mean it's brutal. the whole reason that germany uh, was not able to win in World War II, right? The um, their their tank division was totally free reign to take all of Southern Africa. So like Rommel, the, who um, was on the Axis side, he was like totally he had defeated everything in front of him. Was going to take Southern Africa, and his supply chain wasn't managed well, and he ran out of gas. He literally had tanks like ready to go, no gas to get to the next place, and and that's why. Um, Patton and, and Montgomery were ultimately able to defeat him. So like, yeah, what you're saying is so accurate. Like the supply chain management to wage a war that far, even to try to exert control is going to be so hard. And that kind of brings up a larger issue of like, should the government or any ruling body try to make up a law that they can't enforce? Like every 4th of July, though fireworks be illegal, what do we see <laughs> everywhere? That's like yeah. booming dogs are running, going, losing their minds, you know? You got to do as much as you can, right? You know, I mean, like, yeah, the fireworks law isn't, uh, it's, it's difficult to enforce it, but it is enforced where it can be and mitigates what damage it can, you know? So, like, some people, if it was, like, a totally free reign thing, would that be something that would make the situation even worse? Like, does, does people, do people knowing that the law exists, does it dissuade them from even doing it? You know, so right. I don't know how much like regulation with this specific situation with all of these different factions and all these independent 
entities like moving out into the solar system of their own accord. I mean, look right. what happened with like the OPA, right? Like it's a huge thorn in uh, the UN and in Mars's side. But at the same time, those people are all there of their own free will. And most of them are not a terrorist cell, you know what I mean? Or like, right. maybe all of them aren't a terrorist cell and they've just been branded that way by different uh, states of power and things like that. I mean, uh, the the OPA is uh, compared to these other solar systems right in the in the garden of Earth and Mars, and it's still like this total mess where like no one knows what where anyone's supposed to be like legally or like what anybody is or anything like right. like if we because that's I think another part of this series of it's like a question that's been raised a couple of times is like are people still like they're still humans totally but but it's like when you start to increase or decrease I should say what what connects us a human on earth that lives on earth is that a different human than a human that lives on a planet in a different solar system? I think that's a huge question being asked, but I think ultimately the answer is always yes. And only through realizing that we have the same uh, deeper drive to seek out the unknown and expand and make more of our present situation is like the unifying factor. And that ultimately we need to come together in order to accomplish the growth. I, I think that's a lovely statement, but what if the other party decides they don't want that connection? You know, well, that's like that's then that's we're the, going to get a lot of fight, that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, the, but uh, do we let those people just have their way? I mean, yeah. see, that's do the question. Who's we? Who's even we? Though you know what I mean? There's the no people with we the power. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Okay, at the end yeah. of the day, regardless of all of the the side trails here, at the end of the day, I think it's always going to be a good thing to have different colonies of thought and ideas out there so like if the i think the belters should be their own country or nation so to speak having two nations you know we're a, we're a two political system uh country and that doesn't seem to be working out super great it would be really nice if we had like a bunch of different areas and thoughts and ideas and machines coming up with uh different solutions to problems from different angles and so uh, as they move out and expand i hope that we do yes fracture which will suck but i'd hope that we do kind of kind of form different groups of governing bodies so we can maybe experience some diversity of thought out there and not just have all the power in one spot you know well and that's the cool thing is um there's like a certain uh i feel like something that might break down when you have these vast gulfs of space between these communities is the 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 need for uh kind of like mutual uh, aid and like uh, commerce and things like that like so it's a very different situation when all of the resources we could ever use are located on earth right now right, right. so we have like a vested interest in communicating and and like uh cooperating with each other because this is it this is all we've got but then you now we've got a bunch of people that are dispersed all throughout different solar systems and they're in their own kind of like bubble where they're kind of self-sufficient and now it's like okay so now not only are you years away from us you don't even need us but oh no self-sufficient there's tons I, of commerce and trade going throughout the whole reason they're going out there is to get resources to send them back home everyone's going to be using the place right, but, that has the cheapest the, access from to the those settlers resources. but from the settlers point of view like they're trying at least from what i'm reading right i could be wrong about this but it seems like they're trying to set up their own thing that is independent of relying on 
you know, earth. Yeah, but they were wanting tea. They're all going to be, as long as goods (laughs) can flow over the borders, the tanks won't, you know, well, hopefully. Uh, But, you know, if we start restricting the flow and and that's kind of the point I think you're making, right? Is like, if we restrict the, if we restrict working with each other and all fraction, we ultimately will get in wars. But if we work together as we grow, even though we may just join different nations, if we all um, keep in mind our shared humanity and let that be a connecting and driving factor in our expansion um, that lets us treat our fellow humans with respect and dignity. We're just living beings. We have a chance. You know what I mean? Just living uh, things. You know, it doesn't even necessarily need to be the the humans. You know, I mean, um, but, right? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, but like, um, this is a, a small little thought experiment, and we're going way off the rails here. But I like it. That's what these books are for. Hell yeah. Uh, if we had, if, the, if we found a planet that had literally the exact same amount of resources as Earth, right? Would we need to cooperate with them? But oh, and they like, have all the humans on it. Yeah, if they had, if we had the same population on each planet, so like, say we there was another Earth that we found that had like it was the same size, same amount of water, same amount yeah. of minerals, same amount of everything. That's right? not this so situation. Like, no, but what I'm saying is it could be because there's 1,300 of these uh these solar systems right so it's like sure, there's so many of these planets learned how to survive on their own but what i'm saying though is it's like is there a certain situation where a faction of people that move out to one of these planets don't necessarily need to rely on the un or mars or the opa or any of that they can 100%. be self-sufficient and not need any of that and and i think that that's what like mars is worried about is that a bunch of its population is going to find a place that is more hospitable that doesn't need to rely on the un doesn't need to rely on anybody's protection or anything they can just start over on another planet and have everything for themselves there you know because like mars's people the civilians are beholden to the people that run things on that planet and are able to have the resources from other planets to be able to run things there, you know? Right. So I don't, it's, they lose people, it, they lose power for sure. Um, it should be a free totally, exchange. I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. You can't tell and, people where they can and can't go, you know? Right. Um, and, and I agree. There's lots of problems that are going to happen. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of failed cases for sure. And some, some uh, turbulence within the markets, no doubt. Uh, and I think a lot of the, the peoples that would move out to the end colonize these worlds their ultimate goal and they would fully be capable of accomplishing and succeeding in um, being fully 100 self-sufficient but i still think that due to the diversity of like flora fauna just uh, the distribution of minerals and certain types on different planets and the technologies that are available on certain planets there is going to be a person who can do the cheapest this and um you know if you don't buy the cheapest whatever to make sure that you can you know compete in the marketplace then you can spend the appropriate money on building whatever the army let's say and so you're spending more money so it's like i feel like those who don't cooperate will eventually be out competed but um you know i do think that it is very important that a nation tries to be but there's so much distance i mean i'm I'm talking specifically with like not with countries not with people living on the same oh planet. i know but like 72 days they... isn't that far you know huh there's, they, I mean, the whole reason they moved out there was to sell lithium and like get rich. That's why the, that's why the corporation wants it and everything. So it's like yeah, it's I mean, absolutely they do going need, to be. Yeah, they're still living under the paradigm of like we get this stuff and we give it to you and you give us your money so we can buy things and. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true too. I didn't really. 
it would be cool. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see. I'm st- I'm stuck in my like free market system here. Or <laughs> you're saying yeah. just like go over there and like start develop from scratch. A entirely, yeah, entirely yeah. new situation and kind of kind of go dark. Almost. And be cool with the idea that like they are starting from scratch. You know what I mean? Right. You'd have to have a Jamestown type thing again. You'd have to have people living in huts like they did in new in um, First Landing. And they seemed cool with it. They seemed cool with that idea. But at the same time, they're also mining up all this lithium and they're like, ooh, we could start to become even more resource rich. Resource rich. Uh, and you know we can start getting material goods from selling all this stuff so the and so it's like the people in first landing are kind of like trying to segregate themselves while at the same time uh continuing to participate in that system which totally. is interesting um it is but interesting it doesn't never mentioned that any sort some, of like money on the planet which was i mean it doesn't mean though that they need to have this corporation come in and completely ruin their whole thing just because <laughs> yeah. they want all that lithium gross the corporation was definitely in the wrong and you know i think i love the idea of the we're going to preserve this planet and they're going to go and just kind of cut themselves off but i think eventually what will happen because you know as we've seen time and time again um the weak will get destroyed by the evil and the greedy and the those who want more power and so as this world evolves and frontier becomes a little more the whole rest of the universe is like sharing resources and technology and they're going to advance far faster and then someone bad is going to come along and they're going to see this perfect little world over here who's figured it all out and they got this like (laughs) excellent system and they're just going to come in and crush them because they don't compete in the market which is unfortunate and i don't know have a solution to it but i think that's what would happen after some time (laughs) you know that's it sounds pessimistic but also based on you know what i've seen uh not the most inaccurate (laughs) prediction like (laughs) i've ever seen we have to change the whole system it'll be interesting to read nemesis games and kind of see i mean and it that might not even be covered in this next book and we could just just be like on a completely different subject but i am curious to see kind of um how this space race kind of kind of happens here do you think that we're going to develop more of the proto-molecule alien influence or the fracturing of the the solar system and it breaking up into like a revolutionary war sort of thing um so we're so pretty we're pretty early on in this series i mean we're not even halfway through it yet um but it seems like there's like a whole protomolecule thing going on. And then it sure. seems like there's also a whole other thing, which is turning into the politics of this expansion out into space. Uh, so I have a feeling that we're going to get a whole lot of one or the other um, as as we go forward. Um, I have a feeling this was kind of like a protomolecule type book. And then we're going to see some, you know, factions fighting factions kind of books too that's at least like my prediction it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better sort of thing i don't know i think it's gonna have to i mean it was a problem but i don't even know if it is anymore like it's not even the protomolecule it's the thing that was killing all the things that made the protomolecule which we still that was another frustration that i had with this book is it's like all right, that's cool. We still don't know what this is. I guess right, cool. so like, it whatever. Looks, it looks like an yeah. eye. Yeah, and then like Evie, uh, LV like falls through it and like becomes God or something. Becomes and then, everything like, and nothing. Yeah, and then like kind of like re like re gets put back together, kind of, and then it's like fine. And then, but uh, you were asking me before we even started, like what happened in that scene because you seem to kind of like 
not really Evan didn't like what I wrote in the summary guys because I yeah. wrote and and Detective Miller becomes everything and nothing and it wasn't even so and unknowable let me uh let me kind of like at least what I'm pretty sure happened was that Miller is the the interpreter he's the investigator the investigator um so what I think happened was that Miller Miller is kind of like a a representative like of the alien race that was destroyed by this mysterious yeah. goopy goop you know at least that's what i'm looking at it as is a conscious um, caught in their web and is trying to make the best of it i think i think that's a better way of putting it but anyway um he is responsible for communicating to holden what needs to get done so that things don't get way worse at least um so he sees this like spot of no, no activity it looks like it's just kind of eating up all the other activity and he's like well wait a minute what the hell is that um and then he kind of plugs himself into the network that is keeping all these other things from happening and then has lv push his like mainframe which is connected through this network into that thing so that it kills out everything on the planet that's trying to protect the planet okay so then, then they're able to lift off they're able to get supplies around and stuff and sure basically... did because he destroys it or gets control of it i think he destroys everything okay because everything's already kind of like left over and like broken and like trying to work but not really working and it's all i think the the point of it is that the planet and the planet's moons are this they're like built or manufactured essentially it's trying to protect itself um and like turning its systems on and you know reacting and also just malfunctioning in a way that's very threatening to the people on this planet and holden's just trying to get off the planet he's like he's like all right we're all going blind there's these dead like death slugs everywhere you guys can stick around if you want to but like we got to get the hell off this of this place planet like, this is really bad and you know that's another interesting thing about space exploration in general is like elvie's got a really good point like we evolved on this planet for a really long time and we're really i mean even dude like if you went if you if you had a time machine and you went like 500 years in the past i don't think you'd even be able to eat the same food you know what i mean like we're very sensitive little 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 specks of dust you know yeah, like our gut uh, biomes i'm not yeah, sure if like they have dairy queen in you know like the <laughs> I mean, Middle we shouldn't Middle even Middle be Ages. eating that. Like, can you imagine like going to another planet and like eating <laughs> but I mean, whatever? You, know, you could still eat the vegetables and stuff, right? But what I'm saying though is like, um, you know, the the kind of like genetic profile of the things on this planet that we introduce into our own biomes, um, those things are suited to our biomes in specific ways, uh, and some specific some of those specific ways are bad for us too. Um, so we avoid right. those things like there's plants on this planet that we can't eat you know and that's just right. on this planet and we've evolved I definitely on this think planet that as they expand things like uh, smallpox or the alien version of that which destroyed like 98 percent of the america's indigenous population when the colonists from europe came over um would definitely be high on my list of like we need to watch out for these things because I don't even think I would so many go, just on our honestly. own planet, let alone yeah. a different one. You know, like I honestly don't even think I would want to go. Like I'd want to go to like see stuff, but if they were like, okay, so now we just we started eating all these weird like orange and purple plants, I'd be like, don't right. eat that stuff. That's a terrible idea. I don't that trust any of you guys. I yeah. will say I got really excited when they like saw this huge creature move in on the horizon. I was like, yeah. yes, yeah. giant predators on the planet. That was really hyped for that. I thought that's where we were going with the story. And then it just turned out to be more old pro proto molecule space junk that I was just like, oh, man, I wish I wish we got like a huge 
predator <laughs> yeah i mean it's interesting because i feel like this book was pretty pretty boring up until when alex sees a giant explosion on one side of the planet like the visual for that was so cool Rad. it was really really awesome and then um you know the kind of fallout from all of that the death slugs and everything and all of that was really cool and then it kind of you know like havelock and naomi and naomi's like captured but like oh, she's fine obviously like right no problem you know, like she's like wooed her captor no problem yeah, like nothing's gonna nothing bad's gonna happen there um i did like at what no you point said, did uh, i ever feel any characters were in threat did you no i mean i i i mean it's not it's not necessarily that i didn't think they were in that, that i thought they were in any specific danger but there were definitely a lot of parts of this book which were highlights for me where i was kind of like how the hell are they gonna get out of this like this is a you know with with the ships um kind of like decaying orbits that they're all like kind of slowly there's um i think that in this book in particular uh cory did a really good job of, with like having like that kind of ticking time bomb kind of thing like the ticking clock mechanism yeah, a sense of urgency yeah that was really cool yeah i think that the only yeah like in summation i mean the only parts about this that were pretty disappointing would i would say like the first like couple hundred pages were definitely a slog for me um and then i didn't really like mercury very much as a villain as a character like at all he was the guy who says scientist yeah That's yeah, it. yeah like, there he, is. he was like he, he he was like the guy in jurassic world that wanted to weaponize the velociraptors, <laughs> the velociraptors? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh it's like oh, i can't even I take this guy seriously lost it in the theater yeah, yeah. when that wasn't <laughs> it's so dumb it's so it's just like oh god okay this fucking guy yeah you just kind of eye roll at him you know I, I totally agree and it's like we've kind of had i don't know we have a lot of themes going on here and i really liked some of the nitpicking and digging in that we've done today with some of them that they took them a little farther in this book so I, I really enjoyed that though i hope we get some i hope we get some new ones and i hope we get a little bit more even if we have to kind of go through the the fire in order to come out stronger so to speak but i hope we get a little more hope infused into that it doesn't take like us definitely going to die before we start working together i don't know that'd be interesting still though i mean it would it would be a bummer but it would still be a a, a very interesting read you know? Yeah, it would. I guess what I think I want is like more commitment out of the story. Like, is are we going to fracture into a total warfare, or are we going to make friends? And then we keep like almost we're flirting, we're flirting. Yeah. And yes, just remember it's nine books. encounters. Just remember it's nine books long. I yeah, mean, I think we're true. used we're used to like trilogy pacing. We're used to quadrility, quadrility. Yeah, that's very pacing. true. Uh, and then like the longest series we've read on this podcast so far is the Dark Tower, which is just like a whole weird mess so different yeah. thing yeah so with this i think we really need to pace ourselves and and try not to like have too high or specific of expectations of what needs to happen until we're like seven eight nine books into it you know because yep. i mean we're talking at length about a lot of different things here but we could be wrong about literally everything we're talking about um Absolutely. it could all be some 10 year old's dream in a snow globe you know i could get and, dinosaurs next book yeah um i mean i think what what i would really like to see is some revelations like i want to find out more things it'll it'll lend a lot to how much i like really care about what's going on here um because i do care about what's going on mostly the reason i care so much about what's going on is because i love the crew of the rasinante so much and even coming around I, to holden i'm coming around on holden i think um like him <laughs> that was pretty funny when Murtry and Holden's like last stand and Murtry's just like, ah, you're such a boy scout. You're not going to do anything to me. And Holden really did. He shot him a few times. And while he was monologuing, 
yeah the yeah. evil villain's it, classic downfall i thought yeah no he was even like oh man like somebody already tried to do this with me with genghis khan like this isn't gonna work man. right he was that like was way so more good. prepared had yeah. a way better speech i like that uh a lot yeah same he's growing as a character and learning from his mistakes i still think like amos is the best but alex i i really liked alex in this book alex was great i want more of alex uh apparently in the next book in nemesis games where the pov chapters are from naomi amos alex and holden's perspectives cool. so yeah i've heard I that think... the 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 red wedding scene of the expanse is in nemesis games i only saw okay, that on so one reddit post but yeah i think that uh james sa Corey. um i think that they realize that you can only avoid so many missiles you can only get outnumbered in and gunfights so many times before someone has to die and i think they know this and the last time we tasted some blood was detective miller and they're going to give it to us this next book and i think one of the four one of the big what? four no. one no. of the rossi crew and no. i hope one of the rossi crew dies I need to know they're not invincible. I'm getting to like, of course. They, well, I need yeah. to. I need to cry. No, there are a lot of moments in these books where it's like, oh, they're all in so much danger. By the hair ever... of their chinny chin chin. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, we have Naomi, the spaces, the solar system's best engineer, navigator person, and we have Alex, the best pilot, and Amos, the best engineer, mechanic person, and they always get by. And like, someone's gonna die but i kind of like I'm... that about the series i hope it's like that for the entire thing <laughs> fuck it someone's dying like, this next book uh, man. maybe you might be right that would suck at, now, at this point at this point i think it's gonna be naomi so much time with everybody no not naomi i think it would be alex i man i, I, I want to say think... that but i think they go big <laughs> i think they're gonna kill off if they're gonna kill off anybody i think alex is gonna be the first to go i think killing off naomi would probably send this series spiraling Send you know what I mean? yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, well, and then by that effect, like send it, sending the series, like, yeah, Holden, I don't know what Holden would do. It would He's be not going really to grow cool much beyond that. It'd be really interesting to read what happens to Holden after that because yeah. he loves Naomi. He, he loves her for her. good reason. She is yeah. way out of his league. <laughs> yeah, Naomi's really <laughs> like, cool. I know the way that she kept her cool when she was uh, in the brig talking to Havelock. Uh, but I had she's a feeling. Just the best. See, that's the other thing, too, is. Um, I had a feeling Havelock was going to kind of like come around, you know, totally. just because of like his relationship with Miller and like the way that he had acted in the first book and everything. Um, he just seemed like I didn't really buy it when he was like kind of gung ho RCE, you know, for yeah. like the first part of this book. I was like, no, nah, that's probably not going to be a thing for very long. You know, totally agree. I do like how he kind of, you know, because you do think those petty thoughts, even in natural life, even if you do end up overcoming them and being the bigger man, he did. You know, he, there was a few times that he was like, how does it feel like to be the outsider, you belters? Like, no yeah. belters on my team. You know, he totally. clearly displays a prejudice based off of his past uh, prejudice being done to him. But then he kind of overcomes it. And I think that that is definitely some hope for sure. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome because he kind of like remembered something that had happened to him. Like, and then he changed up that message to be like a little bit more like, hey, everybody, let's cut this out. You know, right. Some, like, Still waited until he had literally nothing to lose and thought that he was going to die to do it. But hey, you know, we're we're making strides as a we're species, doing the like. best we can over here. <laughs> the best we can. Yeah. And like even have luck out in the EVA that, you know, kind of talking to his old crew, like, I'm not trying to kill any of you. Can you please just stop? Like, we're trying to save a bunch of people here. Come on. Like, 
what the hell and but training those engineers that was like another thing too that i thought was just kind of like uh, okay like the engineers are just like 100 brainwashed now you know what i mean yeah like, they're just like we gotta like, kill stuff like these like nameless faceless engineers that are just like just doing push-ups and thinking about how to cool kill people it. yeah it's like wait i thought these were like egg, self-described eggheads you know, <laughs> yeah. like in here that were just like now they're this is a few rounds of paintball you know i think yep. that line is even used it really like... it, it absolutely is <laughs> and then like we have the weird like little love story that like the girl has a crush on like holden then it's like okay why Holden's yeah. not that great he just okay. came around in the last like 30 pages to being kind of cool and redeemable so here's what i'm gonna say about that because it was in my opinion it didn't need to be there but it wasn't it wasn't bad you know no. what i mean it wasn't like it wasn't even like super annoying or anything because it's like the way that it's explained when she hooks up with Faya's is kind of like, oh, you're just really traumatized and you just need to get laid, you know, like right. that's what's going on here. And Holden is a celebrity and you're letting it. But I just thought like too much page count was like committed to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I thought Elvie was already interesting enough without having any of that. I feel like her totally. just like hooking up with Faiz and then being like in a platonic state with Holden was fine because there was there wasn't really like much payoff to it. So it's like I think they became you know, like, would have been official. I mean, you know what would have been pretty interesting, honestly, is if Holden did sleep with LV. No, I was. I'm not saying it would have been good. It just would have been much because it it felt like that. It's like if you're gonna do it, then like let's commit to this. Right. Let's let's make this. Let's make this a harder for all of our characters to deal with. You know, but Holden's not that kind of guy. and so I didn't really see that happening. So when it did fizzle out, I was kind of just like, eh, whatever, I guess. Like I, that didn't really mean anything. So I think okay. they were trying like, to scoop a little bit of weight onto the uh, uh, kind of underlying theme that they've hinted at a few times that sometimes the best things for us are not what we want or the right, what we see, you know, it's like the things they're right in front of us, but not the things that we are looking at that we want. Like those sometimes are the best things for us. And it's like, like even just when people gain power, it's like the best way to do that is definitely not the way that they think to do that. And so it's like, you know, maybe just kind of adding more to the theme of like, you don't know, sometimes what you need is right in front of you. And sometimes what you want is not what you need. I don't know. Maybe I feel like that's kind of a reach. I feel like... I was trying to make <laughs> no, sense no, while I was no, even I th- the story. I appreciate they committed, it. Yeah. Like you yeah. Said. I don't know. I, I think that it's just kind of um, silly and yeah. didn't really go anywhere. And uh, if we really wanted, because like Faiz dies and Fayed, Faiz, I can't remember. Faiz. So Faiz dies. And I feel like that would have been much more of an intense like death if Elvie and Faiz had just been a, an item the entire time you know what i mean totally and like uh and then we wouldn't have had to commit so much page time to lv's like had, like literally having dreams about holding and it's not I like know. it's not like Talking her about having that butt. crush right i mean it's like and it's it's cute it's cool that that's i'm not saying it's like bad that she felt that way or anything like that nothing like that it's just like like her having the crush didn't have any effect on like her conversations with holden right, right. i mean like it's not like or it didn't it didn't make it so that she was able to talk to Holden more, therefore this happened I mean, or anything like that. She it, didn't make up excuses to go tell him about things but that she, she would have told him knew. things anyway. Like totally. I mean, he, he's like the mediator and she's one right. of the chief and chief scientists. Like that You're would right. have happened anyway. So uh yeah, I don't know. It's the this like, oh okay, here we go again. Like Yeah, or have her get moon eyes with Amos or Alex. Like they have gone thousands of pages and have not gotten any tail as far as I'm concerned. Were Amos and Way like an item? Oh, was that You're right. Thing? They were flirt. They were always like 
they were yeah, talking they about like it like they were at other. least holding yeah and then that. i remember like even amos was just like because amos had a kill way and then he, i think he said something towards the end of the book like man that guy mercury really sucks he made me kill like the only person on this planet i really liked you totally. know totally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. pretty lame i love amos so much because he's just like there's like a couple separate instances in this book where he's like hey uh if you want i can just like kill that yeah. guy you know and if I mean? you ever decide like, you want to take the easy road let yeah, me know like, like, i will just uh go through and just totally murder yeah. people for you like and let's uh, not forget me killing that person is never off the table which uh i'm curious like i wanted to ask you this like when when mercury kills coop when holden and amos land on the planet right at the beginning what was stopping holden from just having amos kill mercury like like, did he think, he, I mean, I'm not saying that's what I would have done, but like, I feel like that would have really kind of like solved the, cause, cause there's, there's like witnesses around Holden could have just said, Hey, that guy killed, I saw this guy kill somebody. So I took him out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I thought that as, was weird. No, here's what it is. As, as resistant as Holden is to all authority figures, and he is not a part of anybody, he can't do anything regarding doling out justice on his own without going to the nearest ruling party who has put themselves in the position of doling out justice. Like, why wouldn't he make the villagers do it at the planet? Because they're not official. He has to go running to the nearest official ruling party and be like, try him in court, when it's like the obvious answer of what this person's crime is and what we should do about it is probably space him. So... Uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel like he just kind of when it when in doubt, Holden's like, We gotta take him and do a trial. Yeah, so like, okay, I guess Holden. and I guess from his perspective, his like, he, good default, he's not I even guess, you know, he didn't even safe. know like like the RCE for all he knew could have been one hundred percent in the right. Um except that they had like this rogue, like weirdo dude that shot somebody because he was yeah. just like crazy. But now he's started now he's escalated everything, you know what I mean? Because he took a side essentially. So I guess I that mean, makes sense. And if that would have happened right then at the beginning, like the whole rest of the story would have been them Much working different. together. Who? Like the uh the whole all the different factions there at the planet. Like if 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 um just that one guy, uh Mercury, was killed by if Holton was just like, do it, Amos, and Amos killed him right then and there, I bet you it would have been pretty smooth sailing. Cause we would have had know, Havelock. Cause, cause Havelock maybe, are I was gonna very say, inclined like, maybe... to work together. Uh, but maybe like the Edward Israel would have fired on the Barbipicola or something like or cause was I don't think Havelock was second in command of this. Is he, he was, second in command of the security force? He was security. Um, but chief, he wasn't but he wasn't second in command on the ground. Right. So no, whoever was no. second in command on the ground probably would have not wanted to um, like have it be smooth sailing for everybody either after that yeah. happened you're you probably right I mean? uh so that's why like it, i guess it makes sense that holden wouldn't have done that but i don't know i just remember thinking like while i was reading but at, at the time when i was reading i guess i didn't have as full of a picture as i do now it, so. it would have been pretty contradictory of his nature thus far to have him do that right it would have been just like uh miller capping the guy who the controlled the arrow guy. situation yeah. and Hiller, um, holden was not happy with that so he wants he wants the judge jury and the people to speak which you know good on him for it i guess however i will say holton you know he's he is um victim to his own ideals right he's a hypocrite just like we all are because there's a point of the book where holden is trying to force 
everyone to leave like leave the planet because the machines are waking up he doesn't really even give them an option he's like nope everyone's gonna be leaving he makes up the decision for everybody and they're like no still no like just because your reasons actually are altruistic and you have our best interests at heart still no you don't get to decide what we do we can still do what we want to do you know he gets very like touchy about the whole leaving this planet because of the waking alien technology thing yeah, and it's interesting too because um, I remember thinking when all the technology was waking up and these like gigantic cataclysms are happening on the planet, I was like, yeah, totally. Like it makes so much sense. Like get everybody out of there, you know. But then also, like, where's everybody gonna go? You know, like these settlers right. don't want to get back onto the Barba Picola and just drift around space for another few years. You know, Could like yeah, it, it, it like destroyed their town, but they're here now. Like this is like the place that they want to be, and the RCE is not gonna let go of all that lithium. You nope. know, like no fucking way. Yeah, so, no. Yeah, I think it like, was just kind of another statement of like, you don't get to decide yeah. what the people do, even if it's for the right reasons. You know, yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm glad that we had this conversation about this book because it kind of made me kind of understand its placement in the series. In, in the series, and like, I, I think that as we kind of go on with the series too, we'll start to notice like why it needed to be here and why it needed to be this long, even though yeah. uh, right after finishing it, before we had this conversation, I kind of felt like it could have been like a novella or like a short story or something. That, but um, it makes sense that Holden was We kind of needed to one... understand how deep this disruption is to the solar system. And yeah. I think that will aid us moving forward. And like a, it, it makes sense that Holden needed to be involved too. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's good, good book, good, good expanse yeah. book. We did it again, James S. A. Corey. We did it God again. Damn. Like you know, and and if we complain about this book, let's just remind everyone that this is in rev in a relative position to the other books, and this bar is high. Everyone, these books are so good. Yeah, they're really good. They're really long, <laughs> which uh, reminds me, I kind of want to start chipping away at nemesis games so that's going to wrap it up for us today everybody thank you so much for listening to our recap and discussion of cibola burn join us next week for our recap and discussion of book five in the expanse nemesis games ah oh, this is good so far this is we're we're moving right on through make sure to check us out uh in the discord there is a channel for the expanse in the discord among many many others uh, go follow us on our respective instagram pages and be sure to join the patreon for all kinds of deleted scenes and exclusive content and such uh, everybody hope you have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody